0: Well, wow, this has been a wonderful year in spite of all the darkness, the light of Christ has shone brightly. You know the light, the brightness of the light is manifested m- most when, when, when the surrounding is dark. It is in the midst of darkness that you see the light the best. And when it comes to the glory of God, the Bible tells us our momentary light affliction, is working for us an eternal and exceeding weight of glory so indeed the darkness that the world is in has allowed us to see the glory of christ far more clearly and to recognize his goodness we've learned that with or without a job he can provide we've learned that when others are losing their job he's able to keep us employed we we, have learned that when we think we're going to lose our, our house because we don't know where we're going to get the money for to pay the mortgage he, he provides. I mean, this, this year has really allowed us to see that God can take care of us and we can trust him. And hopefully we are trusting ourselves a little bit less and trusting him more. Hopefully we're trusting our job and our resources a little bit less and trusting him more. Hopefully this year has taught us that our God is faithful. Amen. And our God is good. And our God is powerful. In Jesus' name. Well, it's a new year. In a few minutes. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to verse 38. And I want to talk to you about making a new life resolution. A new life resolution, not just a New Year's resolution, but a new life resolution. Then Jesus went about 35. Jesus went about, Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Thank Jesus. Amen. He's a healer. And we're we're believing that even as the word is being preached or you are at home, listen, there's no distance to God is present, the power of God is there. And whatever it is that you need, believe God that even tonight, before the end of the service, you'll receive a miracle. In Jesus' name, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are simply the instruments and the channels by whom and through whom he works. Amen. We are, someone said, the post-resurrection manifestation of Christ. Christ is still alive, but the body of Christ, the church, allows him to continue to manifest himself post-resurrection. Say hallelujah. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The Lord has led us to declare 2021 the year of the harvest. The year of the harvest. Now, I know this is a time of the year when we make resolutions. People all over the world are making resolutions. And what is a resolution? It's a declaration of intent. It is you declaring what you intend to do. It's, it's not a vow. You're not, you're not making a vow to God. But you are making a declaration of what you intend to do. Some area in your life that needs some change. Something needs to be amended. And, you know, declarations of intention or resolutions are really the way you identify certain priorities that you want to set. And when you declare that this is what I want and this is what I'm going to work on and this is what I'm going to prioritize in this particular period, it it can affect your attitude, it can affect your approach, and then the outcomes you get. Because it's clear in your mind what you want to accomplish. So it's really setting goals, and goals are important. Every year people set these goals, many, and they make their resolutions. What do you think is the number one resolution in the U.S., the most common resolution? Anybody knows? To lose weight. Amen. There are basically ten common uh, uh, resolutions. One is to lose weight. That's number one. And as I was studying for this, I came across a kind of funny funny little story. Uh, this woman walks into her bathroom, and she sees her husband in the bathroom, and he's standing on the scale, and she's he's pulling his stomach in. And she thinks he feels he's going to lose weight by pulling in his stomach. And so then she says to him, uh, That's not how it works. That's not gonna work. And then he looks at her. She says, you're wasting time. He says, no, I'm not wasting time because that's the only way I can see the scale to know how much I need to take off. (laughs) Amen, so there are nine of us. Let me quickly tell you what they are. And this is in the U.S. It may differ in different countries, I'm sure. But the second one is exercise. The third one is to quit smoking. The fourth one is to quit drinking. The fifth one is to be a better person. The sixth one is to spend more time with family. The seventh is spend less time on the internet. That must be a new one. Then be more organized, get out of debt. And number 10 is be more spiritual. Now there was a time when you heard be more spiritual, you get excited about that. But now people have all kinds of meanings and interpretations uh, for being spiritual. And so it doesn't mean become more Christian or be more committed to the Lord. It can mean all kinds of things. But that's the, those are the ten top resolutions that people make every year. And if you're going to make a resolution, let me just give you a few words of advice. As a believer, ask God for wisdom regarding what you should make resolutions for and not just come up with, with, with a list of things. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And you want to ask God for wisdom in terms of, God, what are the things that I really need to prioritize and work on this year? And you want to make sure that those resolutions reflect God's will because you can count on God's help, his grace, his strength to help you when you're working on those things he's working on or you're working on those things that are according to his will. So you need wisdom from the Lord to make those resolutions. But then after you have gotten wisdom concerning what to do or what to work towards, then ask for wisdom concerning how to do it. How do I achieve this goal? If, I, if, I'm, if I've made a resolution, I'm going to lose weight. Okay, Lord, give me some wisdom in terms of what I need to do so that this actually can be accomplished. All right, so don't just assume that you know how to Say, Lord, show me how to do it. Show me how to do it. And God can show you how to do it. That will work for you. All right, so ask for wisdom. Then thirdly, um, my suggestion is you don't make too many. And you don't become discouraged when you fail. I mean, if you if you have a, again, let's do the weight thing. Uh, let's do exercise. If you say you're going to exercise every day, five days a week, let's say. And then you're doing that and then one week comes and you don't do it. And make it maybe two weeks come and you want to do one. You know, many times we get discouraged and we quit. Okay. So hear me. Don't allow yourself to get discouraged. Remember, we're not under law, we're under grace. Amen? And so give yourself permission. Forgive yourself. Amen? Find out where you went wrong. Remind yourself of why you you made this decision in the first place, why it was a good idea for you to make this this, this decision, and then resume. Get back on it. Amen? Don't allow yourself to become discouraged and don't condemn yourself when you fall short of your resolution. We're not under law. We are under what? Grace in Jesus' name. Now, here's another thing that will help you. Don't depend upon yourself. After you have gotten the wisdom from God in terms of what you should work on and how you should do it, don't depend upon yourself to be able to do it. Depend upon Christ. You know, Philippians four thirteen says, I can do all things. But it's through Christ who strengthened him. Depend upon him. Keep reminding yourself. Keep intentionally putting your faith in him. Keep intentionally declaring, Lord, you are my strength. You are my life. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Keep believing that he is working in you, both to will and to do the things that please him. Are you hearing me? So whatever those resolutions are, seek wisdom to make them. Seek wisdom from God as to how to accomplish them. Don't get discouraged. You're not under law. You're under grace. And then lastly, don't depend upon yourself. Depend upon him to be your life, your strength, and to work in you both the will and do the things that please him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. How? By Christ Jesus. The more we learn to depend upon Jesus for everything, the more we can receive the strength and we can receive the ability through him to do what we have decided the Lord will have us to do. Amen? Now, Jesus himself, of course, Jesus himself made resolutions. Jesus, when Jesus declared... Uh, that his will was not to do his will, but to do the will of the Father who sent him. He was revealing a resolution that I am not here to do my will. I resolve to do the will of him who sent me. And because he had already resolved that he was here to do the will of the Father, it helped tremendously when the devil tempted him in the garden, I mean, in the desert. It, meant it was much easier for him to say to the devil, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why? Because he had already made a resolution that he was not going to do his own will, but he was going to do the will of the Father. That also helped him in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was struggling with the cross and and all that it meant. And he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. It meant the fact that he had already made this decision and declared his intent to do only the will of the Father, made it possible for him to say, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So it is important and it is useful and helpful to establish and declare intentions concerning what you plan to do. And so in 2021, I encourage you, if you haven't done so, ask for wisdom and declare certain things that you know you need to see change or made better in your life, you know it's the will of God, go ahead and declare your intention concerning that. And release your faith when you declare your intention that the Lord will be your strength and the Lord will be your ability. And by His life and your union with Him, He will enable you to to fulfill that resolution and to be successful in making those changes that need to be made in your life. In Jesus' name, don't just go into 2021 not knowing where you're going. Hallelujah. It's not, now, Jesus is not the only one who makes resolutions. I think we, we also see the Apostle Paul making resolutions in Philippians chapter 3, and he makes a personal res- resolution. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a resolution. Amen. Paul made a personal resolution. And you could break that down simply into three things. He made a resolution he was going to forget the past. He was not going to allow the past and all that he did in the past, all the bad things he did in the past, and even the so-called good things he did in the past, he was not going to allow the past to control him. There are lessons we can learn from the past. We need to learn those lessons, but we cannot keep looking at the past if we if we want to make progress. So he made a personal decision, I'm going to forget the past. And some of you need to do that. As we go to 2021, there are things that happened, things people said or things people did to you in 2020 or beyond that, that you need to decide you're going to forget. You're just going to not allow that to continue to control your life today. You're not going to allow whatever fears that arose from that to be dominating in your life today. Because as long, as long as you allow your past to control you, you will never lay hold of the future that God has for you. You can't run very fast and effectively forward if you're looking backwards. So forget the past. Make that decision. Claim God's grace to do that. Paul said, I'm going to forget the past. And then God. Paul said concerning the future, I'm going to press forward towards the prize for the upward call of God in Christ. So I'm going to forget the past. That's a resolution. And this is what I'm going to do. I am going to keep pressing forward towards the future that God has in store for me. That's what I'm going to keep pressing towards. I'm going to keep reaching forward. I'm not just going to sit down and do nothing and be passive. No, I know that God has a wonderful plan for my life. And I am declaring my intent to pursue that plan. That was a life resolution. Amen? He wasn't going to do it just for one year. He was going to do it for for the rest of his life. He was going to be pursuing God's purpose and plan for him. So he would forget the past and he would press forward to lay hold of the future that God has in store for him. And then he had a resolution concerning the present. He said, I want to be conformed to Christ." Amen. I want to be like him. So concerning the present, Paul said, I am going to focus on becoming more and more like Jesus in the present. Forget the past. Press forward the future and focus on Christ and allowing his life to transform him into the very image of Jesus day by day. Now, those are three powerful resolutions personal resolutions that every one of us would do well to make. See, I forget the past. I press towards my God-given future, and I focus on Christ in the present. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's his, an example of a personal resolution. But then there are other resolutions in the Bible, and that's where I want to focus on today is is the fact that while there are personal resolutions that we can make, there are also collective resolutions in Scripture. If you read the book of Hebrews, there are at least 12 instances where you will find the writer saying, let us, let us, let us. Not let me or let you, but let us, calling for a collective Decision, a collective declaration of intent, a collect collective resolution. Let us fear lest we fail to enter into God's rest. Let us hold fast our confession of faith. Let us draw near. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Not let me, but let us. Of course, for us to do it, me has to do it too. Because us can't do it without me participating. So certainly a commitment to collective obedience to Christ is also a commitment to personal obedience. But there's a focus in Scripture on the need for God's people to make a collective resolution. In other words, it's not going to be just about what I'm going to do and my ministry and how God is leading me and, and so it's 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 we we have this this individualistic relationship with Christ and we and we think that's all that God wants and that satisfies his purpose for us I, i'm not going to spend the time to go over what i've said before but that is unscriptural amen we are members of the body he puts us in the body and so while as an individual i need to make those personal resolutions i must not forget that God has called us to work together and to serve him together and to do ministry together. Are you hearing me? And so we must also make these uh, corporate collective resolutions. That we are going to do these things and we're going to do them together. Say so we're going to do them together. Let us, let us, let us, let, 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 let us. There are things that we have to do together. Why? Why does God call us to do things together? Well, because they allow us to experience love and and build relationships which are so important to God. But also because God knows, and he has set in place this principle. One can put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand. There is tremendous power in unity. You can work independently. I can work independently, but the net Results of us working as individuals would not come anywhere close to the kind of impact we can have if we choose to work collectively. You can say amen. Let me repeat. I can do my own thing. You can do your own thing. We can each do our own thing and do our own ministry and pursue our own vision. And certainly, there's a place for what God has for you as an individual. But you cannot allow that to replace or become a substitute for or cause you to dismiss the importance of the let us exhortations in Scripture and the one another exhortations in Scripture. If we're going to be the people of God in 2021, if we're going to fulfill God's will and do what God has called us to do, we've got to take seriously the let us exhortations in Scripture. And we've got to be willing to make these collective resolutions in which each of us makes a decision that we're going to participate together with the rest of us to accomplish God's plan for us. Say, let us. One more time, let us. One more time, let us. What is it that God wants us to do in 2021? What is it that God wants us to prioritize and focus on in 2021? We read the scripture in in, 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 in in Matthew chapter nine. And that 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 those verses told us a few things and and told us that the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. And then it tells us to pray the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth what? Laborers into the harvest. Hear me, as your pastor, I'm convinced that there is a collective resolution God will have us to make together as we end 2020 and go into 2021. And that resolution has to do with our commitment to the harvest. I, I'm certain this is what is on the Spirit's heart and mind for us as a people. And I'm certain this is what he's calling us to to a collective resolution, to commit ourselves to the harvest because the harvest is on the father's mind and the harvest is on the spirit's mind and the harvest is on the mind of the son and he wants what is on him to be on us. So go ahead and make your resolution to lose weight. Go ahead and make your resolution to exercise. Go ahead, make your resolution. Go ahead and do all of that. But in all of your making of resolutions and your declarations of intent, I appeal to you in the name of Jesus as God's servant and as your pastor. Hear what I'm saying. God is calling us as a people to make a collective resolution and commitment to prioritize the harvest, not just as individuals, but collectively, and to work together so that we get maximum results in terms of winning the loss and making disciples. And this is why I believe he placed upon our hearts, this is why he placed, I don't even have to say I believe, this is why he placed on our hearts earlier this year that we are to change our name to, the, to harvest intercontinental Ministries Unlimited, or Harvest Intercontinental Church, or Him Unlimited. Hear me. It is because the Father is calling us collectively, not only this local church, but all our churches around the world, to a renewed focus upon the harvest. Because indeed, the harvest is plentiful. I said the harvest is plentiful. Say that with me but the laborers are few. And so he has led us to declare ourselves harvesters so that we never forget that this is a declaration of intent. This is a new life resolution that for the rest of our lives, beginning now, we are going to prioritize the harvest. Why? Because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are prioritizing the harvest. If ever, they're prioritizing the harvest now. Because the return of the Lord has never been more near, more imminent. The urgency of the hour has never been as, 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 as dire as it is right now. 300 and something thousand people have already died. How many of them are gone to hell? How many of them could have been delivered from hell if we, the people of God, not just us, but all over the world, if we were focused as we ought to be on the harvest field, how many of those over a million plus in the world who have died and perished how many might have been saved? I hear me. And so, not only has He led us to declare that we harvest us with the name change, but then He has led us to declare 2021 the year of the what? The year of the what? This is the year of the harvest. Now, when you think harvest, what comes to mind? What's the image? What's the picture? Well, for a lot of people, when you think harvest, you think reward. You think, yes, now I am going to reap the benefits of my labor. I have sown. I have sacrificed. This is a time for rejoicing. This is a time for celebration. This is a time for great fruitfulness. That's the picture that comes to mind. And indeed that picture is accurate there is a law that God has set in motion in nature in the world that rewards diligence that rewards hard work and so when you work hard and you are diligent you reap there is a harvest that you have a you know that you can look forward to i mean when you get your checks every two weeks that's a that's a harvest and, and, and it's okay to look forward to that and rejoice. It meant when, when, when you experience the joy and happiness that comes from having your children love you and, 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 and tell you how much they love you, that's a harvest that you're reaping for the seeds that you have sown. Hallelujah. When you can sense God's presence and enjoy his presence because you have spent time focusing upon him and getting to know him, And now you are sensing his presence and experiencing his presence in a more powerful way. That's a harvest that you are reaping as a result of your decision to focus on knowing God. Hallelujah. So the image of joy and happiness and celebration that comes with the word harvest is accurate, but it's not complete. Because not only does Harvest time, promise, joy, happiness and reward. Harvest time also comes with great responsibility. And so all we see and all we celebrate is that harvest time is a time when I will experience the blessings of God in abundance. If you only stop there, you are not going to receive the full meaning and application that God wants you and me to make when we declare this word this year, the year of the harvest. Because harvest time is not just a time of rejoicing and a time of reward and a time of celebration. They tell me, I've read it, I haven't experienced it because I got little, no experience farming. But they tell me the harvest time is the most labor-intensive time. For small farms, when it's harvest time, more work, more laborers are required during harvest time than any other time. And for these, bigger, these big and large farms that are mechanized, the most expensive and sophisticated equipment that is used on those farms are the ones that are used not for planting, but for harvesting. So when God declares 2021, the year of the harvest, there are two things he's saying to us. One, rejoice, celebrate. Amen, you're going to experience, you're going to reap, you're going to see results, you're going to reap the, 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 uh, the harvest of your righteousness, the things that, that you have sown to the Spirit. You can expect to reap the harvest. So there's a place for celebration. But God is also in particular, Especially when you read the passage we're talking about, drawing our attention to the responsibility of the harvest. In declaring this the year of the harvest, he's saying, I need you personally, and I need you collectively to look at your life and the way you are using time, talent, treasure. And I want you to begin to ask yourself, if the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, what then does the Lord want me to do? Hear me. Our time, our talent, and our treasure are given to us for service to him. So that's the question I need to ask personally. You need to ask that personally. You who are watching, you need to ask that personally. And together, collectively, as a church, the body of Christ that God has brought together. We are not here just to receive sermons and to pursue personal dreams and personal visions. We're not here just to make personal resolutions that affect only us. No. God has called us together, and this is a collective call that requires a collective response. We've got to work together more than we ever have done beginning 2021 and beyond, bringing our time, our talent, our treasure, and cooperating with one another in order to receive maximum results so that God can be glorified. The harvest is what? Plentiful. That's cause for rejoicing. That's cause for celebration. The laborers are few. That is cause for concern, for tears. Can you imagine a farmer looking at his field and it's, it's ripe, it's ready for the harvest. And yet he knows that he does not have the labor force to reap his harvest. And that if the harvest is not reaped within a certain time, it will be lost. That's the agony that Jesus feels here. He feels the agony of a farmer looking at his field where he has planted, where he has sown, where he has worked. The ground he has tilled, the seeds he has planted, he has watered, he has done everything, fertilized. And now there's this huge harvest that is waiting. And he sees that because of the insufficiency of the labor force, much of what he sees is going to be lost. That's the agony Jesus feels. But you know what? The Bible says he's the Lord of the harvest. The harvest belongs to him, which means he's the one who has planted the seeds. I know we plant seeds, but the seed that God planted was the seed of the son. And God knows the kind of investment he has made. He know the difficulty and the challenges, and all that went into planting the seed of the son, so that he would reap many sons and many daughters. And now he sees that the harvest is plentiful. That thing that he did in Christ 2,000 years ago worked. What he desired were many sons and daughters. He planted the seed, the seed was fertile, the seed was powerful. And now the seed has grown and it has reached maturity. Christ doesn't need to die again. The seed has been planted by God himself. But now is the time to reap the harvest from the seed that he has planted. And Jesus looks in with the father's eyes and the father's heart, he's moved with compassion. He realizes that the good news is the harvest is plentiful. The sad news is the laborers are few. There are too few of us who are willing to leave the father's house and go into the father's field in order to reap the father's harvest. Too few. And that breaks his heart. And that's why he's calling us back to remind us of the harvest and to say to us, as you make all of your resolutions, make a new life resolution and let it pertain to the harvest. Make a resolution concerning prioritizing the harvest, using your time and your talent as your treasure in a way that prioritizes the harvest. He's called the Lord of the harvest. Listen to me as I bring this to a close. He's the Lord of the what? Harvest. That, 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 that description that he chooses to apply to himself in this situation is instructive, and it will help us as we decide what kind of new life resolution we ought to be making in, in 2021 regarding the harvest. He is the what? Lord of the... That speaks of ownership. It means the harvest belongs to the Lord. The harvest is not yours. It is. And that refers to all harvests. The harvest you get when you get your check, that's his. The harvest of health, That you reap because you got good genes, you eat well, you exercise, that is his also. Every harvest is from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. He is the Lord of the harvest. Every good thing that has come to your life or will ever come to your life personally belongs to the Lord. He is the owner of the harvest. And when it comes to souls, the evangelistic harvest, he owns that as well. And because he's the owner of the harvest, we need to realize that it is him that we work for, it is he that we serve. We don't serve ourselves, we don't choose ministry, we don't get involved in things to serve us because this is how I fulfill my dream, my vision, my ambition. No, he's the Lord of the harvest. He owns us and has a right to us. Everything we reap, everything we own is his. And so whether I'm in the parking lot serving there or I'm behind the camera serving there or I'm up here with the praise and worship serving, it doesn't matter where I am, I must not forget as I make this new life resolution that I am serving the Lord of the harvest. I'm not serving me. I'm not serving Bishop. I'm not serving the organization. I serve here, but I'm serving him for he's the Lord of the harvest. Not only is he the Lord of the harvest, he is therefore the author of the harvest, He's the source, he's the Lord of the harvest, meaning the harvest is produced by him. Paul said, I planted a Paul's water, God gave the increase. So as we contemplate 2021, the year of the harvest, let us believe that he who is the Lord of the harvest not only owns the harvest, but he's the author of it. He's the source of it. He's the one that will make it possible in every area of our lives. Therefore, we can depend upon him. We can depend upon him for the strength. He is strong. He is powerful. He's virile. And he's able to cause even us to bear fruit. Did you hear me? You haven't chosen me. I've chosen you. I've ordained you that you should bear fruit. He is able. Strong and powerful to cause you and me to bring forth fruit. He's the author of it, He's the source of it. And so I must not try to produce fruit in my strength, but I must believe that He who is in me is able to work in me, both the will and do. That He who is in me, as Paul said, working in me by grace, I am what I am. He is the what? So it's the author of it. So we can have faith. We can believe. In spite of our own weakness and shortcomings, he's the author of it. We present ourselves to him. What this means, hear me, since he's the author of it, and he's the owner of it, yet he's saying he needs you. It means that he intends to work in and through you. He intends to use your mind. He wants to think through your mind. He intends to speak through your mouth. He intends to work Through your hands. did you hear me, he intends to live his life and work through me and work through you individually and to work through us collectively. Say hallelujah. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Here are my hands. Work through them. Here is my mouth. Speak through them. Here is my mind. Think through it. Here are my resources. Use them. He wants to. He intends to. But what do you need to do so that he can actually do so? Well, you need to believe. You need to believe. We walk by faith. The life I live, I live by faith. You need to believe, and then you need to do the things that demonstrate that you believe. If you believe he's going to work through your hands, then take your hands out of your pocket and put your hands to work. You're not believing he's going to work through your hands if you're keeping your hands in your pocket. If you believe he wants to work through your mouth, then open your mouth and begin to speak. Begin to sing and believe that he will work through your mouth. If you believe he's going to think through your mind, then present your mind to him that he might renew your mind. Open the Bible and read it that he might think his minds and put his thoughts in you. Listen to his pastor. Listen to his servants when he preaches his word. If you believe, then act upon it. Can't keep your hands in your pocket and say, I believe God will use me. Unwilling to serve. Unwilling to speak. Are willing to read, to listen so that your mind can be transformed and you can start to think his thoughts. The Lord of the Harvest. I'm going to bring this up close. This is the year of the Harvest. He is the owner of the harvest he's the author of the harvest and he is the one who being lord of the harvest harvest not lord of famine but lord of the harvest he's the lord of blessings i say he's the lord of blessings and as we yield to the lord of the harvest in working together with him For the sake of the harvest, we can expect the Lord of the harvest, who is the Lord of blessings, to bless and to bless and to keep blessing again and again. He promised that he would increase the harvest of our righteousness. That's a promise that we can believe and we can claim. So here's a question as I bring this one in. It's a question that I want you and me to ask ourselves in light of the fact that he's the Lord of the harvest. In light of the fact that 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 the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Which means, hear me, it means that one, we need a lot more laborers. He needs a lot more laborers. And every one of you ought to be making yourself available to be part of his labor force. There are too many of us who are watching And who are not laboring. Two, he needs laborers. Not, 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 not players. Laborers. This is work. This is work. Too often we want to get involved in ministry because it's fun. We want to do things that we enjoy. No, harvest time is very labor intensive. And it's hard work. You sweat. And so he needs us it needs a lot more people to get involved and those people who get involved need to be getting involved in order to work and start trying to avoid work. As soon as there's a, a, you know, work to do, then you, you start backing up. I don't have time for that. And then thirdly, thirdly, we need to understand that because the labors are few, those of us who are among the few have to be focused even more because when, there's, when there are few workers and a lot of work, the few cannot afford to waste time. It just places a greater demand upon the few to do more. So those of you who have already got involved in the labor, in bringing in the harvest, understand that 2021 is not going to be a time where you get to take it easy. God is calling you, a greater commitment and greater sacrifice. He's calling you to work like you've never worked before. For the night comes, he says, when no man can work. What is this new life resolution that you're going to make? I pray that all of us together will make a new resolution to the harvest. And we will say out of our mouths, Make this the declaration of our intent that, oh God, by the grace that you supply, I choose to prioritize the harvest in my life. And I choose to use my time, my talent, and my treasure in cooperation with the other members of this body or whatever body God has put me in, in order to maximize the harvesting of lost souls. Will you please, as you write down your resolutions, whatever they may be, take this particular resolution, this collective resolution of commitment to harvest. Don't let it be number 11 on your list. Take it back and make it number one. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. In Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, you have a story of Jesus meeting a man called Legion who was full of demons, a lot of demons. And Jesus cast the demons out. And the demons went into into the pigs. And the pigs went into the river and were drowned. And the people that lived in that city prayed to Jesus and asked Jesus to leave. And Jesus answered their prayer. He left. There was another prayer prayed. This prayer was prayed by the man who had been delivered of the demons. His prayer was, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to go with you. Sounds like a good prayer. Jesus said no. So Jesus granted the prayer of the wicked people who told him to leave. But Jesus said no to the man who wanted to be with him. Jesus said, no, don't come with me. I want you to go back to your family, your relatives, your friends, your people, and tell them of the Lord and what the Lord has done for you. You see, the Lord didn't deliver this man for him to be comfortable. The Lord delivered him for him to be useful. Christ didn't deliver you and allow you to continue to remain on earth so you can simply be satisfied with being comfortable. No, he has delivered you and me and he has kept us here. hasn't taken us to heaven yet. It's where we can go sit with him. He's left us here because He wants to make us useful. Useful as harvesters in His kingdom. In Jesus' name. Now raise your hand. And you just begin to talk to the Lord. Those of you who are watching um, online, right where you are, go ahead and stand at this time again. And I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to Him. Ask Him for wisdom concerning your resolutions then ask him for the grace to make this collective resolution concerning the harvest and then when you do so listen depend upon him don't depend upon yourself depend upon him but make the resolution by his grace and then depend upon his grace to fulfill it in the name of Jesus father hear us and even as we declare our intent we pray that the Holy Spirit who lives in us will work in us both to will and to do. Even as we declare our intent concerning the harvest, Yabrosho no rosal Oh God, we're depending upon the life of Jesus and our union with Christ to produce the fruit that will glorify you. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives, evangelistic fruit in our community. Lord, we are trusting you. In this year of the harvest, there will be an acceleration, an abundance of souls. That will be reached through us as Jesus works through us. We thank you. You didn't save us to sit. You saved us to serve. Thank you for the grace to do so. In Jesus' name. Now, if you have a need, a personal need, again, if you're watching, wherever you are, you're here right now if you're dealing with sickness in your body place your hand on that area that needs healing if you are uh, believing god for a financial breakthrough put your hand on your pocket or on your wallet or on your purse whatever represents that area if it's a relationship that needs to be fixed put your hand on your heart or your chest i'm going to pray for you and i believe god is going to manifest his presence and i oh my goodness i said i believe god is going to manifest his presence I said, I believe God is going to manifest His presence and the, oh my goodness, the presence of God and the Spirit of God is going to minister personally and directly to you. Go ahead now and begin to acknowledge that, open your mouth and say, yes, He's talking about me. Yes, He's talking about me. The Spirit of God is going to minister to me. Now in the mighty name of Jesus, I use the permission that He has given me to use His name to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed. Hey! To release His power to meet the needs of the people. Jesus, in your name, with your permission and by your authority, I release now the ministry of the Holy Spirit to begin to manifest the power of God in the bodies of your people to bring healing and to bring deliverance to them now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I release your grace upon their finances to begin, Lord, to increase their financial strength and ability. Lord, we know, we know, we know. Now, Lord, let that be a performance by your Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I release the Holy Spirit to work in the homes and the families and where there is trouble, where there is lack of peace. Lord, bring peace, bring reconciliation in the mighty and incomparable name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're about to transition from 2020 to 2021. Keep talking to the Lord. Keep talking to the Lord. Come on, keep praying. Keep thanking Him in this place. You who are watching, Get up with your family, your children, and just begin to praise God right then. Begin to thank God. So soon we have only three minutes left. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Only three more minutes left, and 2020 will be gone. But 2021 will be here. Hallelujah. Our year of the harvest in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep talking to God. Keep praising Him. Hallelujah. Keep yielding to Him. Go ahead and declare your intent. Hallelujah. And claim His grace and His presence and power in the mighty name of Jesus. I release grace upon your life. I release the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I release God's presence and power into your homes and families like never before, in the mighty and inconquerable name of Jesus. And so on, there will only be two more minutes, two more minutes left. Only two more minutes left and 2020 will be gone but hallelujah 2021 is going to be here with all of his promises hallelujah hallelujah come on let's give god thanks he brought us through 19 2020 he brought us safely he brought us safely he took care of us he provided for us hallelujah he supplied all Thank you, Jesus. And in a few more minutes, seconds. 2020. 2020 has only one more minute left. Let's count down. 57, 56, 54, 53, 52, 51, 50, 49, 48, 47, 46, 45, 44, 43, 42, 41, 40, 39, 38, 37, 36, 35, 34, 33, 32, 31, 30, 29, 28, 27 26 25 24 23 22 21 20 19 18 17 16 15 14 13 12 11 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 you made it hallelujah Come on, you made it, let's celebrate!